When I dictate my Hebrew students in London universities, Yisrael, I say half joking, I swear this is not propaganda. Speak Hebrew, love Israel, will share some of my students' stories and motivations for learning modern Hebrew and their feelings towards the Israeli state. We will question, can we learn Hebrew in a non-political setting as just a language? What part does love towards Israel or the Jewish people play in my students' will to learn Hebrew? And if so, have they also been brainwashed about Israel, just as I was when I was young? Why would anyone want to learn Ivrit, my language, a beautiful language, and yet, as some see it, the language of the oppressor? Let's start with Zayn, a British Muslim who studied Hebrew at SOAS and even taught Hebrew in one of London's synagogues. When I shared on my Facebook a text questioning what motivates my students to learn Ivrit, Zayn commented, As someone from a British-Pakistani Muslim background, I was surrounded by a way of talking about Zionism and Israel that was saturated in anti-Semitism. He then mentioned some other Muslims who learn Hebrew and become Zionists. The reason for why that happens, he wrote, are deep and sometimes sensitive and can relate to how some Muslims feel about their communities and sometimes their sufferings. They feel Israel is a liberating force that has been largely misunderstood. So even though Zayn isn't my student, I thought he had something interesting to share about anti-Semitism, Muslim communities in the UK, their approaches towards Israel and Palestine, and most interestingly, about his personal process of learning Hebrew, both at SOAS University of London and the Hebrew University of Jerusalem. So Zayn accepted to share his story, and I first asked him about his background. Yeah, I was born and raised in London. Um, in a Pakistani community. And yeah, so the, it wasn't something we spoke about all the time, but it was pretty much there. You, there was a lot of conspiracy theories going around about Israel and Jews. And there was a lot of misinformation. Things, you know, the classic anti-Semitic theories about Jews ruling the world's banks and Jews doing this and that. And while many of us have read a lot about anti-Semitism in the media, mostly anti-Semitism in the left, as an Israeli, it was shocking for me to hear firsthand about how my country, as critical about my government as I may be, is being spoken about among Muslims in the very city I live in, London, and probably much beyond. It wasn't all anti-Semitism, but it did include these anti-Semitic ideas. From what I remember, it was, it was, a lot of it was, was about the kind of hidden New World Order and the talking about Israel in a really exaggerated way. That, of course, you know, the occupation is happening and whatever, but, you know, they also involved in the running of the world and all of the bad things that are happening in the world. When it comes to anti-Semitic conspiracy theories, they do use Israel and they exaggerate the role that Israel plays. Like, so they'll say that, um, you know, Israel is behind all of the uh, wars or Israel is behind all of the bad things that are happening in the Middle East. 
people won't even know that they're being following anti-Semitic conspiracy theories from history. You know, they'll just assume as it's given. But there was also, you know, a lot of people who believed these ideas. Um, but they will also say, but most Jews are good, you know, but not all Jews are bad. Speaking about anti-Semitism is only one side of the coin. So here's what Zayin had to say about Islamophobia and how he experienced it both in Israel and in the UK. When I look at how Islamophobia plays out and how anti-Semitism plays out, I see that Islamophobia seems to be a much more politically acceptable phenomenon. People will be Islamophobic within the political setting quite openly and it will be perfectly okay. Muslims are associated with terrorism and they're associated with being a security problem, a demographic problem in the West because of the influx of Im- immigrants, but also now refugees we're seeing. So we're associated with a lot of problems and we are racialized so differently as Muslims. He made me think that just as some people don't realize when they're saying anti-Semitic things or using anti-Semitic tropes, maybe some of us Jews do and say things that are simply Islamophobic. I became angrier with Islamophobia and I became angrier with people who are making excuses for the kind of rhetoric that goes behind, for instance, the UK's prevent strategy or the Islamophobic rhetoric that I was seeing within Zionist settings. You can say that Muslims are killable or you can say that Muslims, that the occupation is okay or that the war and terror in Iraq and Afghanistan is okay and expect Muslims to be okay with that. I started to break it down as much as possible for people and say, no, it's not. And that, you know, you can criticize if you want to, you can criticize the ways in which Muslims address a lot of issues, but the fact that they're angry about them is not wrong. The, yeah. the fact that they can be angry about these things, that they can be angry about Islamophobia, that they can be angry um, about the occupation that they, you know, and I think that after I came back from Israel, I began to put these things more into question. We'll go back later to how his time in Israel studying Hebrew there changed his perception of the language. But after he returned, he taught Hebrew at a synagogue, which led him naturally to do some interfaith work. Here's one story about how he encountered hidden Islamophobia in the Jewish community, not the blatant type that we are used to hear about often. With my interfaith work being more recognized and I was talking to more people about it, somebody from the Board of Deputies got in contact with me. I met with this person from the Board of Deputies and I sat down with him for coffee. And he said to me, we need to fight the anti-Semitism that exists among Muslims. And I said, okay, fine. We also have to do the same with Islamophobia in the Jewish community. And he said, well, I think one of them is a bigger problem than the other. When, when things like this happen, it shows the extent to which yeah. Muslims are still viewed in, a lot in the interfaith world as the problem, you know, that this is the reason why we're doing interfaith. But it ended um, with us planning a visit for the head of the Board of Deputies at the time to come and see the mosque. So I invited, we, he came to the mosque. One of the first things that he said to me is, so what is this community and what are Muslims doing to fight extremism? And I said to him, okay, Extremism affects Muslims as well as non-Muslims. Muslims mm-hmm. die because of extremism 
and so do non-Muslims. Why do Muslims have a specific duty to fight this problem that isn't even, that isn't just because of us? You know, when somebody comes to you and says these things to you, and they, and they're, you know, and they are at a high position in terms of how they represent a community, it signals problems for me. It signals the fact that he, again, was doing interfaith dialogue, but he viewed Muslims as the problem community. Hebrew from scratch, the book recommended by the Hebrew University to teach modern Hebrew with, barely mentions political issues or Zionism. Nevertheless, Zain mentioned that... You know, I think it's part of studying Hebrew, you have to deal with Zionism. You know, there's no other way of going around. But can't you just study Hebrew as a language? Uh, for me, as an Israeli, that's what it is. Today is just a language for Israelis. But for, if you're learning Hebrew from outside, by the way, it doesn't mean you have to treat Zionism in a particularly positive way. It's just something you'll, you will encounter. So how do you encounter Zionism in the Hebrew studies if Zionism isn't really mentioned? Stuff about Israel that was clearly Zionist and, yeah, so, you know, texts that were really Zionist talking about, you know, nothing about Palestinians really. Zayin later on taught Hebrew at a synagogue in London because he wanted to simply teach a language, avoiding politics or Zionism, but he realized that... In a lot of synagogues and in a lot of places, Jewish schools, yeah. Hebrew is taught. And oftentimes, Hebrew is taught in a way that might not consciously talk about Zionism. It's just a language, it's normal. The fact that Hebrew is so normal within that setting can say something about the fact that the setting is a Zionist one. Going back to how some Muslims become Zionists, as Zayn wrote to me, I was trying to understand how his perceptions about Israel have changed during his Hebrew studies at SOAS. Zayn at first was speaking about other Muslims he met or read about and what made them go against the norm in their communities and express support for Israel. This also happens in the UK, but also let's take the example of that Qatari guy that I mentioned, who clearly was facing a lot of problems growing up and, um, you know, was raised in a very conservative society. And when he learns about Israel in growing up, you're supposed to hate Israel, Israel's evil, Zionism is evil. But going through the difficulties that he goes through in a Muslim country, and then, you know, actually learning about Israel or talking to Israelis, the thing that he will be focusing on is the fact that Israel is a more liberating place to be from, from what he's seen and from what he can see and understand. Over there, you can be whatever you want in terms of your religion. You can wear what you want. You can, this is the ideas that they have. You can be gay. You can, I think that plays a part and that definitely plays a part in it. And when that person is doing that, That, they might forget about the occupation. Apparently, Zayn was going through a sort of such process during his Hebrew studies. 
He told me that at the beginning of his studies, he realized Israel is maybe not that bad as he was told, and he didn't really know what to think about Zionism. And so he started to question all the negativities that he was fed with about Jewish people. There were Zionist people he encountered, which brought him closer to their side. You know, I was going through a kind of identity crisis in terms of my faith, which I guess in a strange way brought me closer to Israel and Zionism and all of this. Where I didn't feel like I was being noticed or appreciated, I think some Zionists I met, either through my studies, through university, or um, just by chance, because I was, yeah, I was just curious, kind of made me feel like I was especially intelligent just because I was questioning things. So they made me feel validated. Yeah, I was in yeah. a situation of vulnerability, I'll say. Mm-hmm. And because of that situation of vulnerability, I was very kind of receptive to this validation I was getting. And it happened because I was a Muslim who was starting to learn Hebrew, mm-hmm. actually could start speaking a little bit at that point. And I, yeah, and I was just, you know, I was questioning things. And I was, I had this impression about myself that I was really nuanced. But then he went to Israel. As part of the SOAS Hebrew program, the students get to learn and practice Hebrew at the Hebrew University in Jerusalem. Then I actually moved to Israel the following year, and I think that changed everything for me. He reminisced one specific encounter with an Israeli soldier who, just like myself and many Israelis, have this image of how anti-Semitic Muslims in Europe or anywhere are. I actually remember what I was visiting a friend of mine in Kiryat Ono. I was taking the bus and I remember I was sitting next to this soldier and we, we, just, we were just talking in, in Hebrew. She said, where are you from? I said, I'm from the UK. My family are from Pakistan. And she said, oh, I, I heard Muslims in the UK are very, Muslims in London are very anti-Semitic. And I've seen these things on Facebook and the pictures. And I said, it's not so simple. I think it's more complicated. And You know, I said, oh, are you religious? You know, are you religious? Oh, because I heard religious Muslims are also really anti-Semitic. Sometimes I feel people think that that's all we talk about or that that's just kind of a big focus. And, I'm, you know, the anti-Semitism that I did encounter growing up or what I saw, yeah, it was there and it's unfortunate and it needs to be challenged, but it's not everything. So half a year living in Israel, speaking Hebrew, Not like some Muslims who have this you know go to Israel and they say, "Oh, we've become enlightened and Zionists, yeah. and they only go for about two weeks, yeah. and even when they go, they can they're of they they they're sometimes part of these programs or these tours, so they'll yeah. only see specific side of things so you, Zain, who actually lived there for quite a while, what did you realize about yourself, about Zionism, Israelis? And about Hebrew, I think going through a lot of racial profiling, having Palestinian friends, mm-hmm. sometimes being seen as an Arab there, I think these things made me realize you know started to make me realize what Zionism really looks like what and what the occupation really is, and how much is being normalized when it comes to how Zionism is talked about outside of Israel, you know in pro Zionist circles, but also 
how much a lot of anti-Zionists, including Muslims, don't know about what's going on in Israel. And they don't really know about the occupation. Their ideas about Zionism, Israel and Jews are unfortunately a mixed a mixture of like anti-Semitic conspiracy theories and misinformation. Mm-hmm. So here I was in Israel realizing all of this, that, you know, Zionism's pretty but also when I was being raised and hating Israel was normal, hating Zionism is normal, or hating the Israeli government, it was also, it was not coming from the right place. Maybe the intentions were good for for a lot of people, but it wasn't coming from a position of real understanding. More importantly, I don't think, I don't know to what extent it was coming from a position of real solidarity with Palestinians. And going back to Hebrew, it seems that not only his perceptions about Israel and Zionism have changed, but also the way in which he perceived the Hebrew language. I mean, when I was learning Hebrew to begin with, it was, um, it was a kind of a rosy experience. I was like, yeah, this is so cool. I'm doing something different. And I hate to say it that I thought about myself like this, but I'm so enlightened. Wow, how amazing. And now I'm just like, Israel's a, so Hebrew is a very violent language. <laughs> you know, I don't want to offend everybody who speaks Hebrew. I, I won't, I won't, you know, but it's, it's, I just, I still remember at checkpoints when the guards would like shout at the Palestinians sometimes in Arabic, but in a Hebrew accent, <laughs> really awful Arabic. But, yeah. <laughs> but um, I think my perception of Hebrew, it just wasn't as rosy anymore. It was just like, eh, mm-hmm. Hebrew. So that's about it for today. I want to thank you for being here and listening to the first episode of Speak Hebrew, Love Israel. And last but not least, here is the last question I asked Zain. What would you say to other Muslims who became supportive of Israel and maybe might have forgotten about the occupation? Thank you for asking me this question. Wow, I would tell them, think really carefully about the type of things that you're getting into. Make sure that you are looking at things with a critical eye constantly. Bear in mind that Hasbara is a powerful tool, that it works in very different and different ways, and that the occupation is happening and it's real. Maybe the way that you talked about Zionism before isn't helpful, but Islamophobia is such a huge problem, and you have pressure on yourself to prove that you are civilized and you are open-minded, that you can sometimes forget what's important. And you can sometimes forget to keep a principled stance. So I would say always keep a principled stance where you are opposed to the occupation, where you are opposed to you know, racialized suffering of Muslims, where you are opposed to Islamophobia. And don't just agree to anything just you know, to prove yourself or to prove that you are civilized and open-minded. You know, mm-hmm. Take yourself out of the situation from time to time and think objectively as much as you can. Cheers.